0: Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. So today I want to talk about the topic of your name. What is your name is the title of the message today. If I were to ask you to turn to somebody and ask them their name, you'd probably hear some typical names like Debbie and Steve and Ray and Joe and Charlie and Jenny. And then you'd hear some interesting names like Star. I met a couple of stars in the church. Um, Olu Dudatimi which is another interesting name, which means God is with me. And Ola Ola Jumoke. Now, I love this name because it means pampered by God's wealth. Now, if I were to talk to my parents and say, if you were to rename me, I want something like that. Pampered by God's wealth. Amen? And being in Rhode Island, you might even meet some guys like, you know, Ice Pick. Joey, trigger finger Tony, if you guys are in church today, this message is for you. (laughs) But one thing I'm sure of is no one would turn to you and say, my name is Jerk. My name is Loser. My name is Idiot. My name is Stupid. My name is Failure. But sad to say, Many people inside, even though they have a name, that's what they identify with. That's why I believe that that Jesus Christ comes into our lives to change our very name and our very identity. See, because names are much more than what's on your birth certificate. A name is your identity. Your identity is who you believe you are which is very different than what appears on the exterior, your exterior name. People may call you by your name, but inside, many people feel much differently than what their name even means. Because hell wants to label you. Hell wants to identify you with your failures. Hell wants to identify you with your past. Hell wants to label you loser, failure, sinner. But heaven comes against the power of hell. And I'm here to declare in the name of Jesus today that you are who God calls you to be. The gates of hell have no power against you. God will take what the enemy means for harm and turn it around and give you a testimony To show the world that God is able to take what is broken. God is able to take those that that the the world would call loser, that circumstances would call failure, and give you a testimony so powerful that your life speaks of his existence. What is your name? What is your true name? Because God is the only one who has authority to name you. God is the only one who has authority to give you an identity, because God is your only creator. Man hasn't created you. Man will not create you. God wants to create you, and refashion you, and recreate you. And that's why Jesus says, be born again. You must be born again. Let me give you a new identity. Let me give you a new name. Be born again. And I believe today that there's some people sitting here that have a mistaken identity. You have a mistaken identity. And I come in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of his word. And I declare every lie that has been spoken over you is broken today. I want you to receive this truth in the name of Jesus. Every curse that has been spoken over you, is broken today in the name of Jesus. God is your creator. God is the one that you allow to define you. You don't allow people to define you. You don't allow failures and weaknesses and even sin to define you. That's not who you are. You know, there's an old rhyme. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. There's another one, that I am rubber, you are glue. What you say bounces off of me and goes back to you. Well, guess what? Those rhymes are absolutely untrue. (laughs) They're lies. Because when someone labels you, when someone calls you a name, it does hurt you. It does break you. It does cause you to see yourself differently than what God sees you. It doesn't bounce back. It hurts you because names define you. Names confine you. Names limit you. The Lion and the Wizard of Oz, one of my favorite characters of all time. How many of you like the Wizard of Oz? Come on, be truthful, be honest. He walked in life with an identity that he gave himself. I am a coward. And he spoke it, and he prophesied it. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. I'm a coward. And it wasn't until someone came and broke that lie off of him and said, you are not a coward. You are king of the forest. I'm here to tell you today. That whatever name you think you are, identity you think you are, the Lord comes today and says, you are an heir of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will receive who God tells me I am, not what man tells me I am, what I feel I am, what I think I am because of my circumstances, my past, my genealogy. I will reject that in the name of Jesus because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if in, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. you believe that this morning? This is a, a good word for someone here today. I, I believe someone needs to hear this word this morning. Let me say this. Christianity is a process of you finding out who God says you are. Christianity is a process from leaving the old and being changed little at a time, line upon line, precept upon precept, one chain gone one day. Another chain gone another day. Another lie broken another month. Another breakthrough comes a year ahead of you. You are changed from glory to glory, the Bible says. Amen? So you are no longer, Galatians 4, 7, you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. You are a son. You are a a daughter. And if you are a son then you are also an heir through God. Do we believe that this morning? That I am a, an heir to the Lord. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Someone needs to hear that word this morning. Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. You know, this month, June... 2019, I'm celebrating my 39th birthday. I don't know why some of you are laughing. You're probably saying, you know, some people say, well, you look good for your age. And now you're saying, you look bad for your age. (laughs) I'm celebrating my 39th birthday because 39 years ago, in June... I walked into a church like this, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. The process amen. The process of my new life started 39 years ago. And I remember that at that time, I was known, and don't repeat this, I was known by my name, Ronnie. And I decided that I'm not going to be Ronnie anymore. Because Ronnie, in my mind, had a whole identity that I wanted to get away from. Ronnie, in my mind, had emotions and relationships and things that I was shameful of. And I wanted to be known not by my old man, a new man. So I started telling people, hey, can you call me Ron? Because Ron was my born-again name, okay? Ron was my born-again name. Now, every once in a while, you know, on Facebook, I'll see someone write Ronnie. And I try to say, who are you talking to? I'm not Ronnie anymore. I'm Ron. I choose a new identity. I want to forget the old man. I want to walk anew. And in the Bible, we see that God actually changed people's names because we are so stubborn. We're so obstinate. We are so stuck in who we think we are and allowing things that we've done and weaknesses and failures and, and everything that we think we are that people throw on you and say you are and the world says you are. Your friends say you are. We're so stuck in that that God comes along and he says, i got to change your name. And we start, we look right from the the, the beginning, the father of our faith, Abraham, a man with great faith, the father of the three greatest religions. God had to come and say, what am I going to do with this guy? Abram, Sarai, I need to change your name because I have to to cause you to see yourself the way I see you and what I want to do in your lives because I'm going to make great nations from you. Matter of fact, I'm going to save the world through your lineage. So I'm going to add myself to your name. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. The H in my name, Jehovah, I'm going to add to your name. Sarai, I need to change your name from Sarai to Sarah. The H in my name, I need to add myself to your birth certificate. I'm changing your name to Sarah. And we know that It wasn't until their names were changed that God was able to give them a son. It took Abraham 100 years. Don't feel bad if you're a slow boomer in Jesus, amen? It took Sarah 90 years for God to to birth their son. And we continue to look in the scripture of these name changes and we see that God also changed another father in our faith. Jacob changed his name. Because his name did not mean God is with me. His name meant deceiver, trickster, cheater, supplanter. That's who he was. That was his identity. And God changed his name to Israel, which means, may God prevail. And he used Jacob to birth 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, the greatest nation on the earth, God's chosen people. God comes to Saul. We know Saul was a killer of Christians. And he says, i got to change this man because I have a purpose for your life. I have an identity for your life. You see yourself completely opposite. You are are killing Christians. I have to change your name, your identity, to Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles. He changed his name from Saul to Paul. And Paul was used by God to write the majority of the New Testament. Simon, who we know, was changed to Peter. Here's Simon. His identity became betrayer. I betrayed Jesus Christ. What's wrong with me? I betrayed my master, my Lord and Savior. And God had to change Simon's name from Simon to Peter. You will no longer live under that identity that you inherited because of your own actions. I changed that. I covered it under the blood of Jesus. I call you a rock. You will be a rock now. Not only will you be a rock, I'm going to use you to build my church. And, And Peter decided to believe in the word of the Lord. Judas decided to believe in the words of the devil. See, are we going to believe in God's word today? Are we going to believe that God has gives us a new name, a new identity. He doesn't see you the way you might see yourself. He sees you under the calling and the purpose and the vision, and we're going to look at the dream that he has for you. See, who you really are is not based upon your failures in life, but who God plans for you to be. Who you really are is not based upon your failures in life, but who God calls you to be. And God has a book in heaven, and he already has your next chapter lined up. Will you believe for him to write the next chapter of your life? Come on, let's believe today to receive God's word. Let's turn to Genesis 32, 22, and let's talk about this man, Jacob the deceiver, the trickster, the cheater. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And after he had sent them across a stream, he sent over all his possessions so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched, and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? What is your name? Jacob responds, I'm a deceiver. I'm a trickster. I'm a cheater, because that's what his name meant. I'm Jacob," he answered. Then the man said, "Your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will no longer be deceiver. Your name will no longer be trickster. Your name will no longer be cheater. Your name will no longer be surplanter, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. See, life is a struggle. You're going to have to struggle. With God. You're gonna to have to struggle with life, with humans, with people. You're gonna even have to struggle with demonic powers and forces that want to contradict everything that you hear in the Word, everything you hear on Sunday morning, every truth that God wants to plant in your life to change. You're gonna to have to struggle. You're gonna to have to struggle. But listen, You will overcome. I declare this morning, we will overcome. Now let me tell you a little bit about Jacob. Before we look into the meaning of this passage of Scripture, there's some great helps that we can get by looking at this passage. Jacob was the second born of twins. His brother Esau came out first. Isaac and Rebekah were his parents. Now, Esau came out first. He was strong. He was hairy, we know. He was woolly. He was wild, okay? Now, this, is the, he, this guy is a, a guy's guy, okay? He was tough. Jacob was a mama's boy. And his father, sad to say, favored Esau. He favored Esau. Esau was strong. He can see that he would be a man that can take over for him, take over his inheritance, take over to be someone who who can lead his family well, lead his lineage into the purposes of God. And so here is Jacob living in this rejection. And I say, "How how how can I say that Jacob was living in rejection? Because let me tell you, Moms always stick up for the underdog. His dad was with Esau, but his mom felt very bad for Jacob. And so his mom trying to help the runt of the litter through his life. And so through this, Jacob became a, a, a deceiver. He became a conniver. He be, became a manipulator. So much so... That he convinces Esau, his older brother, to sell his birthright, which means the right to the family inheritance, for a bowl of lentils. Now, let me tell you something. I love lentils. I don't know if you like lentils. My wife makes a great lentil soup, if you've never had lentils. But I love lentils, but to sell your inheritance, to sell your sustenance. For a bowl of lentils, I don't think it was that much that Esau was starving to death. I believe that Jacob was an unbelievable Jewish businessman. (laughs) He was a conniver. He was a convincer. He was a salesman. And then we see that not only did Jacob steal Esau's birthright, but Jacob deceives his very father, Isaac, into, upon his death, they would impart a blessing upon the firstborn. And, and the father, and this was very significant spiritually, literally the father would, would put his right hand the blessing upon his oldest son who was to get the blessing, who was to get the authority, who would become second in command, who would become now first in command. It's like, It's like, you know, the lineage of the king of England. Who's going to be the next king? Who's going to be the next queen? Well, it was supposed to be Esau, the firstborn. Here comes Jacob, the deceiver, the conniver, with his mom trying to help him. And here he is, not one hair on his body. He has to convince his dad that he's Esau. And so he fakes him out some fur on his arms, and he gets his dad to bless him, to prophesy over him. Thus saith the Lord, you will be blessed, blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed coming, blessed going. Your lineage will be blessed. Your finances will be blessed. And and Jacob stole that from his brother. And obviously now he's in big trouble because his brother's going to kill him his brother is going to kill him so Jacob has to flee and he ends up over his uncle's house, Laban and what's, what's unique about this story is Laban, his uncle, was, was as much a deceiver as Jacob so Jacob falls in love with Rachel, Laban's daughter, gorgeous girl, falls in love with her and, uh, and he says, hey Laban, what do you think? Laban says, okay, you work for me for seven years. And you can have my daughter. My, my brother-in-law did that with me, who raised my wife. He said, do you want, my, you want Laurie? She's like, my daughter, you have to work for me for seven years. I said, you're not using that trick. That's Old Testament. I'm New Testament. <laughs> and so we see that after seven years, Laban comes along and has a giant party and likely they got drunk a little bit too much wine because instead of uh, giving Rachel to Jacob, he sneaks in his oldest daughter because they want to kind of, you know, let the oldest daughter get married first, right? And he sneaks Leah in to Jacob and they're in a tent and, um, and you know what happens in tents, right? But back then it wasn't cool To you know do candlelight and music. It was pretty dark. And plus, if they had one too many drinks, Leah, Jacob did not know Leah wasn't Rebecca until the morning. Surprise, you know, and he finds Leah in bed with him rather than Rachel, and he was deceived. And it's interesting that in this story, you can find that you reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. But still, God had a plan for Jacob. And so, after all this, Esau is going going after Jacob, and he's going to kill Jacob. And so, in this place of desperation and fear, Jacob has a dream. He has a dream. In this place of failure, of deception, of conniving, of sinfulness, God appears to Jacob in a dream. Because God doesn't look at your failures. He looks at his purpose for you. Because doesn't the Bible say, we are all sinners, there's no one good? Stop comparing yourself thinking, That you have to be of a certain measure for God to care about you, to have a calling on you, and have a dream on your life. Because that's not true. So we see that, that God appears to Jacob. See, God still has a dream for your life, even when you are failing. God still has a dream for your life. But you might need to wrestle for it. You know, wrestling can... Be symbolic for prayer. You have to pray sometimes. You have to pray. You have to read. The Bible says he wrestled all night long till day break. Sometimes you have to pray. You cannot give up on God's dream for you. You cannot give up on the, the dreams that God puts in your heart. You have to wrestle for it. You have to pray. It might take longer than a week. We're Americans. We want everything instantaneously. It might take longer than a month. It might take longer than a year. You don't quit. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You have a word from the Lord that says God still has a dream for you. God will give you breakthrough. Don't let your failures keep you from your dreams and from asking for God's blessing on your life. Don't look at your failures because God doesn't. In Lamentations three twenty two, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. New every morning. My failures from yesterday. Lord, cover them. I need your mercy today. I need you to work out your dreams for my life, your plans for my life, your calling for my life. See, Peter could have hung himself like Judas, but he chose to believe God's Word. Peter could have hung himself like Judas. What's the difference between Peter and Judas? They both betrayed Christ. Peter believed in the Word of the Lord. Stop agreeing with the devil. When the devil speaks to you, you need to shut him up. When the enemy speaks to you, you need to tell him, take a back seat. I renounce every word you've spoken to me. When the voice is from the past, Voices from abuse, your abusive parents, abusive people, abusive friends. When the failures of the past, you did this, you did that, you're a failure, you're that, you're this. When those voices come, you need to say, I renounce those things. I receive the word of the Lord for me and my house, my house. We will stand on God's word. We will serve the Lord. Second thing you can learn from this, this story, this passage of the scripture that God will confront your identity. God will come to you, and He will ask you, what is your name? Who do you see yourself as? What are you speaking over yourself? How are you living? Believing what? Believing who? What is your name? Now part of that is God allowing you to face off with who you are and your identity. God, I'm a sinner. Yep, you're right. God, I'm far from you. Yep, you're right. God, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, contrary to your word. Yep, you're right. But your sin, the Lord would say, is not you. Your mistakes are not you. Your past is not you. God sees you, listen, you should write this down. You should etch this. You should put this on your refrigerator. God sees you in your perfected state because the blood of Jesus has already covered your imperfect state. God sees you in your perfected state. You are hearing all the negatives. And God, the Holy Spirit, is there reminding you, of the positives reminding you of the plans yet to come reminding you pray seek me get around people that will encourage you get around the right people because the Bible says you are a new creation Christ Jesus you are chosen you are able you are more than a conqueror an overcomer in this life you are imperfect but chosen you are a disciple of Christ You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a lover of God. You are a friend of God. You are a child of God. You are a Christian. I will walk in life and declare that I am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will walk in life among my friends, amongst my family, at work, and I will say, I am a Christian. I am a child of God. I no longer identify with the old me. I no longer identify with who you see me as. Rightfully so. I'm not that person anymore. I choose to walk a different way. God will confront your identity. And the third thing this passage of Scripture is God will confront your walk. See, the Lord basically knocked Jacob's hip out of whack. He never walked the same again. He never walked pri- with pride, prideful, deceiver, conniver. He never walked cool. I'm cool, man. I'm smart. I'm an amazing businessman. I can sell you swamp land in Florida. He never walked that way again. He walked with a wimp. See, for your identity to change, your walk has to change. You have to be different. You can't walk on the same streets that brought you to destruction. You can't walk with the same people that call you by your old name, you can't answer the phone calls of people who are trying to drag you back to the old identity. You have to be a new you, a new you, a new you. There's some people right now the devil's speaking to. I can sense it. I can feel it. The devil sends a bunch. You know, I don't want to say the word. Who will you be? Well, you don't know, Pastor. Oh, shut up, devil, in the name of Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. That's why, you know, it, I tell Christians all the time who struggle with drug addiction and so forth, and say, yeah, you know, I'm an alcoholic. And I tell them, listen, I know that's what AA teaches you to do and all that. But change your identity. Stop saying I'm an alcoholic. Say I've been delivered by the blood of Jesus. I used to struggle with this. But I am a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to put the word of God into my head and start telling myself who I am. And I'm gonna beat every lie out of my head because I'm gonna stand with God on this. See, stop allowing corrupt characters, the Bible says. Poor company corrupts good characters. Stop allowing corrupt characters to pull you down. You either pull them up, and if you can't pull them up, you walk away because I'm walking a new way, I'm walking with a new name. I hear, I, hear, I hear the past calling my name, but that's, that's not me. I don't even remember that name. Who's that? That's not me. I have a new name. I'm not Jacob. Who's Jacob? Jacob. That guy, he was a conniver. He was a thief. I'm Israel. I am Israel. I am Israel. I am Israel. If you belong to the world, John 15, 19, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. And that's why the world hates you. The world hates the new you. Get used to it. Get used to it. If the world doesn't hate the the new you, you better get a new name tonight. Amen? Get a new name today. Let's all stand. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast, and we hope to see you soon at our 10 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform or at LegacyChurchRI.com. Have a blessed week.